Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Thank you for staying with me through this extended series of podcasts on the important subject of increasing our effectiveness at sharing the gospel and leading people to profess faith in Jesus through baptism. As I said uh, at the beginning of each of these most recent podcasts, this all started with a major message that I delivered at the beginning of this fall semester at Gateway Seminary talking about the decline in baptisms among Southern Baptists and then some factors contributing to that and some, some suggestions about how we could go forward in a, in a healthier way. Uh, we are facing a pretty, uh, some pretty stark uh, realities in terms of our diminished effectiveness at sharing the gospel and at seeing people profess faith through baptism. In uh, the last year, our baptismal rate was about the same as it was in the mid-1940s. And that's bad, but it's even worse when you realize that we have twice as many Southern Baptist churches today as we had in the 1940s. When you put this all in a graph, uh, it's even worse than it sounds because since the year 2000, the baptismal rate, which was already in some decline, has gone into a steep, dramatic decline. We are reaching uh, fewer people than we've ever reached with the gospel. And fewer of them are professing faith in Jesus and being baptized than perhaps at any time in our history. So uh, I laid out the problem and some, uh, I laid out the issue and then some factors which are contributing to the problem in the original message, which was also a podcast. And now over these past several weeks, I've been amplifying those factors. I've been doing one each week, but uh, this last podcast in this series, I'm going to actually combine the last two factors because they fit together and relate to our denominational entities and practices, of which, of course, I'm certainly a part as a denominational leader, so I'll be talking some about my own responsibility and what I need to do differently going forward as a part of this podcast as well. So the last two factors were loss of denominational focus on evangelism and preoccupation with social justice issues within the denomination. So let's talk about that, and I'll break this into two parts, and I'll read first what I said in the original message and then comment on that and then follow up with the second part of what I said to conclude that message and then make some concluding remarks here. So here's what I said about the loss of denominational focus uh, in the first message and podcast. Southern Baptist denominational entities once prioritized evangelism in significant ways. Each state convention sponsored an annual evangelism conference which functioned like a regional revival meeting about gospel sharing. These events were often the largest events, even larger than convention meetings, in each state each year. That is seldom the case these days. The Home Mission Board once had a robust evangelism department led by a vice president. After the HMB was reorganized into NAMB, that was not always the case. In the past year, that has changed, with Dr. Johnny Hunt being named Vice President for Evangelism and Leadership Development. There were once four major denominationally supported personal evangelism training programs available to churches. The options are more limited today, although NAM is now aggressively providing new evangelism training and tools. Besides these organizational changes, two other denominational trends have lessened our focus on personal evangelism. The first is prioritizing theological debate over discussing evangelistic effectiveness, particularly in auxiliary but influential meetings held by various groups in conjunction with the National Convention. Second, significant energy is devoted at the SBC Convention meeting to political issues and social policy rather than focusing on reaching more people with the gospel. 
Denominational leaders cannot control individual Baptists or mandate actions by Baptist churches or entities. We do, however, have the bully pulpit, the opportunity to talk about, write about, and model what needs to happen to assure church effectiveness. With so many other themes I could have chosen for this address, my focus on personal evangelism is an attempt to do just that, call us to action on this vital issue. Now some comments. First of all, in giving this brief historical summary, and believe me, very brief historical summary about how evangelism was promoted as a central part of denominational efforts in the past, I am not, repeat, I am not advocating going back to those old models. There is no need to go back to old patterns, uh, no need to reestablish older meetings, uh, no need to reclaim old organizations. I am not advocating going back to anything. What I am advocating is that denominational entities, meaning state conventions, associations, certainly the national convention, and even uh, organizations or entities owned by these conventions, like Gateway Seminary, find ways uh, to create new forms to accomplish the uh, challenge of providing both inspiration, motivation, uh, and training in the area of evangelism. We need to find new models to promote and to, quote, denominate around related to evangelism. You know, the whole idea of being a denomination uh, comes from the mathematical term denominator. You know, think about your math class back in the day. You have the numerator, that's the number on the top of the fraction, and the denominator, that's the number on the bottom of the fraction. In order, for example, to add fractions, you have to get the denominators to be equal, and then you can add the numerators and make the number work. But the denominators, the number on the bottom, have to all be the same for things to be combined and to work together. And so that's what it means to denominate. It means to find commonality, and in doing so, <clears throat> add our efforts to each other and be able to do more together than we can do individually. We don't need to go back to old forms of denominating about evangelism. We need to go forward into new forms. And I am, frankly, very encouraged about this right now. Dr. Johnny Hunt is a remarkable leader and has come to give significant leadership to the North American Mission Board in the area of evangelism. Uh, he has a personal a passion, a magnetism, an energy, and a focus that is not found in many men. He will do a remarkable job spearheading our efforts in this area. Uh, NAM is also promoting evangelism tools that are extremely helpful, helpful, like the Three Circles approach to sharing the gospel and others that they're using. Uh, they're sponsoring uh, Who's Your One conferences all over the United States. Um, they're bringing a brand new focus and intentionality to this whole area of sharing the gospel and communicating the gospel and training people to do it more effectively. I am delighted by what they're doing. I've written them privately and I'm saying publicly, I will do whatever I can to support those efforts to be on their team, to be a part of what they're trying to accomplish. Um, listen, the cause of evangelism and evangelism training and evangelism promotion uh, has to rise above all kinds of other divisions or differences of opinion or perspective that we may have about this part of the denomination or that part of the denomination or this name strategy, that name strategy. We've got to rise up. We've got to rise up and work together in the area of evangelism training, evangelism inspiration, and evangelism motivation. 
and I am excited that we're doing that, and so I would encourage you as a church leader uh, to find out how your church can take advantage of these, uh, of these uh, resources. I'm preaching in churches, for example, and I'm excited about this, where people are asking me to come and preach on who's your one, to preach on personal evangelism, to challenge people to take the who's your one challenge, to step forward in this area and make a difference. I'm, I'm very uh, encouraged by the church's response so far to, that, have, that have included my little part in helping with this. And so whatever you can do to take advantage of these denominational resources, do so. Uh, they're available to you. They're relatively inexpensive, in some cases free, and uh, do everything you can to, uh, make, to make these things a part of your strategy going forward. Now, I'd also said, I also said in the presentation that Baptist leaders have what I call the bully pulpit. That's the opportunity to influence by our words and by what we say and by what we emphasize. This has never been more important. Uh, Baptist leaders today do more than just speak in their local context, but we have the opportunity to do podcasts and blogs and write books and articles and to be uh, on, present on programs all over the country just by quick flights. I mean, this is the world we live in today, and it's important that those of us who have the opportunity continually and uh, speak about the importance of changing the direction of evangelism in our denomination and changing the way that we're presenting the gospel and changing the importance we're placing on the subject of baptism and really moving back toward this kind of, uh, uh, this kind of identity of being known as an evangelistic denomination. And so I'm trying to do that. Now, I can't control what any of my other president peers do. I can't control what any state executives do. I, I can't control what any director submissions do, but I can control what I do. And so I set aside most, most of the, this fall to focus on this specific issue. I've been speaking on it, leading these podcasts on it. I've been preaching on it. When I've been given the opportunity to choose my theme in any context or conference where I've been invited to speak, I have been doing all I can to raise awareness about the importance of reaching more people with the gospel and leading them to profess faith in Christ through baptism. And by doing that, I'm hoping to make my contribution to turning the tide on this issue uh, in our convention. And I'm calling on my, uh, my brothers out there uh, to do the same thing so that we can have a unified voice on this issue. I also mentioned in the original message a couple of concerns I have about what goes on at the national convention each year. You know, the National Convention has all of these auxiliary meetings that are now going on around the meeting. And we're not ever going to see that stop, and that doesn't necessarily need to stop. But I would just call on the leaders of these other organizations uh, to focus their attention in a unified way with Southern Baptists and with the Southern Baptist Convention on the focus on sharing the gospel and on the importance of presenting the gospel adequately, on the importance of raising the level of personal evangelism in our denomination, and <clears throat> on the importance of baptism as a public expression of a person's individual commitment to the Lord. These, these auxiliary meetings at the convention tend to focus on all kinds of other agendas that all kinds of other groups want to raise and make the primary issue the convention should be about. Well, I'm just asking and calling and challenging these leaders to think about shaping those meetings toward focus on this core issue that Southern Baptists are talking about and trying to make the most important thing that we're doing these days.
I also said in the presentation that we were devoting significant energy to political issues and social policy as, at the national convention meeting and that we have to really think very carefully about how we're doing that uh, as, it's un, as, as it relates to this issue of personal evangelism and increasing the baptismal rate in our churches. In, in light of that, I went on in the second fact, in the tenth factor, in the second part of this podcast. Now, as I'm combining these two factors about the denomination together, I went on to say this in the original message: When I call personal evangelism "quote the vital issue," some disagree and substitute a pressing social justice concern instead. Social justice is the rallying cry for many believers who are frustrated with the human condition. They believe our mission is making a tangible difference in our communities, both local and global. They are passionate about racism, global warming, abortion, gender identity, nationalism, marriage equality, economic disparities, homelessness, environmentalism, sexual harassment, sexual abuse, hate crimes, immigration, hunger relief, health care accessibility, education, drug abuse, war, terrorism, and prison reform just to name 20 current topics. All of these issues are important on some level. As Christians, we promote justice and want everyone to be treated respectfully. We want our world to be a better place because of our influence. But suppose we are completely successful at implementing a perfectly just social order. Solving every one of these problems so every person in the world is treated fairly and enjoys a high quality of life. What would be the result? Very happy people will eventually die and be devastated when they discover their eternal destiny. Preoccupation with social justice denies the eternal reality of human existence. People live forever. Not just a few short years dealing with earthly injustice, but forever in either heavenly bliss or hellish turmoil. Keep in mind my earlier disclaimer. Sharing the gospel is, quote, of first importance, but not of only importance. It is our first priority, not our only responsibility. We must advocate for justice. We must use our voices, ballots, protests, and media access to work for justice. But we must keep these efforts in proper perspective. Paul wrote, For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 3. Paul did not write, quote, I passed on to you as most important that we end racism, stop sexual abuse, eliminate abortion, preserve biblical marriage, or any of the other items on the previous list. In my statement, I tried to communicate that social justice issues matter. They just don't matter as much as some people want them to matter. Let me say again, social justice issues matter. These 20 items that I've just listed are real problems that demand real solutions. And Christians ought to call for justice in every one of these areas. Social justice issues matter. 
but just not as much as some people want them to matter. I would lump into this, particularly as we go into 2020, political issues matter, but certainly not as much as some people want them to matter. I'm very concerned, particularly as we go into 2020, that both our national convention next summer and state conventions next fall not be hijacked by social justice or political concerns to the extent that those become the driving focus of our denomination during an election year and we forget again that our primary responsibility is not the temporal improvement of, li of the lives of people but is instead the eternal destiny of every single person on this planet. So I'm hopeful that this next year we can, re re we can re keep our focus on our mission of sharing the gospel and not be distracted by these important but lesser missions. You know, we are a mission people. That's proven by all this activism. Christians are mission people. We know we're supposed to be on mission. We know we're supposed to be accomplishing a mission. We, are, we know we're supposed to be passionate about our mission. And frankly, we are accomplishing passionately the mission that we believe is most important. I'm simply calling us back to an understanding that our most important mission is an eternal mission. It's the mission of sharing the gospel with people. Preoccupation with social justice issues denies or ignores eternal realities. Now, this doesn't mean, again, that social justice issues aren't important. But like I said in the original podcast, suppose we solve the, all of these social justice issues perfectly. Suppose we solve them all perfectly. Prison reform, nationalism, terrorism, sexual harassment. Suppose we solve all of these perfectly. What will be the result? Very happy, fulfilled Satisfied people will go into an eternity without a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and they will be devastated by their eternal destiny. Listen, we cannot allow that to happen on our watch. We simply cannot become so preoccupied with social justice concerns that we lose focus on sharing the gospel with people. Now, I know what some people say in response to this, but social justice concerns are gospel issues. Well, there are certainly issues that the gospel addresses in its broadest sense, and they certainly are resolving them appropriately or working on them diligently is certainly an expression of gospel commitment. But don't make the mistake of equating social justice mission with gospel sharing mission. They're just simply not the same thing. Now, I believe, as I said, that we should use our voices, our ballots, uh, our protests, and our right to protest in this country, and media access that we, ha that we have. I believe we should use all of these means to give influence, to, 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 uh, uh, to lend our voice to, and to make a difference on these issues. So we should be involved in these ways. Again, I'm not saying we shouldn't do something about these issues. I'm simply saying that they have to come of second importance. Of first importance must be sharing the gospel. Now, this is why it's so important to make a distinction between church ministry and parachurch ministry. Parachurch ministries typically uh, arise out of a desire to address one of these social justice issues. 
That's why you have ministries that arise in communities for uh, crisis pregnancy or for uh, unwed mothers or things like this. This is why you have Chuck Colson uh, doing prison reform. I mean, these ministries are valid and valuable. But the church, the church, the church must recognize that its unique role in all of this is to remain focused on sharing the gospel, leading people to faith in Jesus Christ, and making disciples of them so that they might be transformed, sanctified, and then join the movement as persons who share the gospel and perpetuate the process I've just described. You know, I'm a part of a parachurch ministry that reaches out to a particular uh, segment of the athletic community or the sports world. I certainly think it has value. But it's not a church. It can't do everything a church can do. The church can't do everything this particular ministry can do in its context. The problem is not one is right and one is wrong. The problem is both need to stay in their lane. The church cannot abrogate its responsibility to be focused on gospel preaching and gospel witnessing. It cannot give up its responsibility of stabilizing new converts into a through a discipleship process and promoting transformation through progressive sanctification. The church must remain focused on this. Now, as churches get larger, they typically develop some of these specialized ministry, and that's perfectly fine as they address these different social justice issues. Perhaps that can be done, but most churches aren't large enough to do that. They can't get distracted by all of these issues. If they do, they will dissipate their influence and find themselves accomplishing virtually nothing. And so while smaller churches particularly can give some credence to these issues and some mention of these issues, they have to stay focused resolutely on the gospel. And I would advocate that even larger churches are most effective when they stay focused on gospel preaching, gospel sharing, disciple-making, transformational lifestyle developed from sanctified believers, and then sending those people back into the perpetual process of reaching more and more people with the gospel. Well, I concluded my original address, and I'll conclude this podcast this way. Dr. J.D. Greer, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, made this point, the point I've just been making about social justice issues and other distractions in our denomination. He made this point courageously when, in the face of enormous cultural pressure, he established gospel above all as the theme of the 2019 SBC annual meeting. He has recently announced the theme for 2020 is gospel above all, always. Those simple words communicate the essence of this message I've been trying to deliver. The gospel is not our only message, but it is our first message. The gospel is not all we communicate, but it is the first thing we must communicate. We will give many issues some importance, but we will make sharing the gospel the most important thing we do, always. Well, my friends, thank you for working with me through this extended series on this issue of, in, of changing the focus that we have in, on reaching people with the gospel and seeing them profess faith in Christ through baptism. That is the core of our mission. I want you to think back through these factors I've identified as you've listened to these podcasts, and don't try to do 500 things differently or 50 things better. Pick out two or three things that you will specifically and intentionally do in your ministry setting to start, re, to start changing the course and reprioritizing, or perhaps prioritizing for the first time, the importance of gospel sharing 
which leads to prof people professing faith in Christ and public baptism celebrating that transformational moment. Pick out a few things. Go to work on those. When you get those into place, pick out a few more and go to work on those. You are facing a significant challenge. Many churches have moved far away from this as a priority. It'll take a lot of work to get them back. Many Christians have drifted far away from this as a priority. It'll take a lot of work to help them come back. You may yourself find that you have a lot of work to do to restore this priority in your life as well. The task is significant. The challenge is ours as leaders. The responsibility rests on us to share the gospel, lead people to profess faith in Christ openly, celebrate that through baptism, and by doing so, give evidence of an increased effectiveness at sharing the gospel and making a difference in our world. Let's work together on it as we lead on.